Hi, Moonies. Welcome to the Sarah Moon Fan Club podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, aka Miss Old School, and I'm here with Amanda C. Miller. She's the voice of some of the most popular characters, including Sailor Jupiter and the Viz Media Redub, the voice of Baruto and Baruto, Lutterina and She-Ra, and she's the creator of the web series called Ghosts and Stuff, which is described as Parks and Recreation meets Ghostbusters. How awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. This is great. Like, I'm, I'm talking to Sailor Jupiter. Like, that is, like, the ultimate. <laughs> I get um, to talk to you, so it's a great Sunday. Oh, thank you. Yeah, fun times all around. Um, So what was your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? So um, I remember I saw it on TV in France because that's where my, uh, my mom's from and so I was visiting my grandparents and I was probably in like third or fourth grade or something like that and I saw this show and there were these like colorful haired girls and I was like what is this and there's like glitter and magic and I think the episode I came in on was probably one of the most confusing when you didn't know what they were talking about because mm-hmm. um, at the time I didn't speak French I do now but they were like, it was the episode in Sailor Moon R where um, Chibiusa finds her mom in like the quartz or the or the crystal. And it's like, uh, mommy. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, wait a second. That chick's <laughs> in the crystal, but that chick's also standing next to her. What's happening? Right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first That's... one. But I, later when I came to the States, I watched it in English and I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Right. When, how long, how further along was that? Uh, that was, so we moved back to the States in fifth grade. So mm-hmm. I think it was when Toonami was just starting. Uh, right. So I think they started it from the, from the beginning then. So I kind of got to actually see everything in context. <laughs> Did you like put two and two together with like, oh, this is that show I saw in France. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is, I, I remembered seeing it. So we lived in Germany in third and fourth grade because my dad was in the Air Force and, uh, so they we I watched it on German TV more regularly. So at that point, I knew what it was. Whereas when I watched it in France, I was like, I don't know what this is. But I saw it in Germany. Was like, okay, cool. Still can't understand it, but I'm watching it anyway. Um, so then the third time was the charm. So by by you know when I moved to America, that was when uh, I finally understood what I was watching. Did you have like a Sailor Scout that or Sailor Senshi that you? wanted to be or you pretended to be like all of us did <laughs> oh yeah like sailor jupiter was actually like no lie she was the one that i identified with um because i you know i moved around a lot as an air force kid so i was always the new girl in school mm-hmm. i my family i don't know if we have a bunch of like hormones in our system or what but we all kind of grow pretty tallish uh pretty young so i'm like average i'm like i don't know i'm five eight which is tall ish but it's not like giant but when you're like in fourth grade and you're like five five right that that was a little more uh awkward and then i was also into sports i played soccer i played ice hockey like i was really into all those things so sailor jupiter kind of embodied a lot of the things i was going through at the time right yeah she was a ice skater too i think yeah, I'm not as graceful. I do. I I was a. Uh, I played goalie because uh, nice. goalies don't have to be as good with their skates. They just have to be quick with their reflexes, and they can 
they can just park themselves by the net and kind of just do little movements. They don't have to be going like 90 miles an hour and then stop or do any jumps or any of that nonsense. So just side to side. <laughs> yeah, side to side, up, down, you know, get good at your lunges, get good mm-hmm. at catching and, you know, whatever. If you fall over, maybe that's just better because you're covering more of the net. So. So how is it like, like, first off, auditioning for Sailor Moon and then later on getting the role of Sailor Jupiter, especially since that was the character that, like, you wanted to be when you were younger? It was pretty surreal because I was, like, 2014, I think, mm-hmm. and um, I got an audition from this studio that I only worked with once before. I worked on, like, a, a one day on a video game for, like, Marvel Heroes, um, and... I guess they remembered me. So when they sent out the auditions for Sailor Moon, they were like, hey, um, we'd love you to audition for this show. It's top secret, so we can't tell you what it's called. Uh, here are the character sides. And a character side is just, um, you know, the, the audition script. You know, it's like a page or two of the lines they want you to read. And um, they didn't really do a good job of hiding the show, though, because even though they were said, oh, we can't tell you the name, the audition sides were labeled as the characters, like Sailor Moon, Sailor Jupiter, <laughs> Sailor Mercury. And I the wonder sides what this were, is. Yeah, yeah the, the sides were pretty much like all the attacks. Like, you know, you're like, Jupiter, Oak, Evolution, and all that stuff. And then a monologue for each of the characters that was pretty much like, you know, my name's Makoto Kino, and I'm blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I don't know if they just didn't care to hide it or if they didn't realize that it was as popular as it was. But... um. I was kind of baffled because I, I, well, I had heard at the time that they were going to be doing Sailor Moon Crystal. So I figured that's what this was for. Mm -hmm. They hadn't announced that they were also going to do like an unedited redub of the classic um, to be closer to the Japanese. So anyway, basically I auditioned. I I auditioned for all five girls and then Queen Beryl and Luna. And because that's what they sent me. And uh, I recorded it in my closet because that's what you do as a voice actor. You're like, there's clothes in here. It it's, absorbs it's the sound. Yeah, it's it was uh, it was very very professional. Um, but yeah, I, I auditioned. I sent my MP3s back in, and I kind of forgot about it. And then um, a couple weeks later, I heard uh, some voice actors. We were at a party, and they were like, "Oh, so did you you remember that top secret uh, thing that went around?" Like right. everybody knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And they said, they're like, yeah, apparently they haven't found the cast that they're looking for. So they're having another round of auditions. So I was like, okay, man, I guess I didn't get it because, mm-hmm. you know, they they must have not liked me or whatever. Um, And then like a couple weeks after that, like they I got an email from the, the head of the studio being like, hey, so if there was to be an announcement of some sort at Anime Expo this year, would you be available? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, uh, yes. Right, sure. And then he was like, great, cool, stay tuned. And then he just disappeared again for a couple weeks. And I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> you know, because you don't know if that means that you're yeah. you're, you're close, you're in the consideration, or you got it. So, uh, what happened after that? Oh, okay. So then a couple a couple more weeks went by, and then I get an email being like, "Congratulations, you are you know cast in Sailor Moon, and here's the breakdown. We're gonna announce it at Anime Expo. We're gonna start recording in April or something." And this was like February at this point. And then, um, yeah, congratulations. But it didn't tell me who I was, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh gosh, am I like sneaker monster number seven, or am right. I like a main character?" I didn't think I could possibly be Sailor Jupiter because I was like, that would be too... What are the odds of that? You know, I'd get my favorite character out of all the people who auditioned. Uh, 
And then finally, after like April passed, I was like, um, they said they're gonna start recording in April and uh, I haven't gotten any emails. Did they like fire me or something? And they're like, oh, no, 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 your character, Sailor Jupiter, doesn't come in until episode 25. Uh, and I like lost my, lost my mind. Right. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like the long winded <laughs> version of, of all that. That's amazing. That's so cool. It it was also weird too because I again I thought it was going to be for Crystal. So when you go mm-hmm. in the booth, I was not aware. Like I was like, uh, this is this is literally the show I watched growing up. What's happening? They're like, oh yeah yeah yeah. No, we're we're doing both. Um, so that was kind of crazy to be like, not only am I my favorite character from growing up, but I'm also getting to play her in the footage I watched growing up. So it's literally like being in my backyard again and. Playing Sailor Jupiter, but like for real this time. Yeah. And like, that's like Sailor Moon's like one of the biggest shows, but you're also in Baruto, which is also a huge show right now. So, like, how has that been? Yeah. That one was kind of a, I guess, less, uh, less fanfare about that one because mm-hmm. they basically were like, here's an audition. I auditioned. Hero. A couple weeks went by. I was yeah. sitting in my improv that class, was, and I got an email uh, being like, "Hey, congratulations! I, I your cast is Boruto. Can you start tomorrow?" To people, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so we started with the video game, to play, uh, and then we didn't. Okay. I don't think, the, I think it was like the video game, general, and then the like, movie. All the characters seem like, fun. and then I don't think we did. Yeah, anything for, and like, the, working on the process was fun because you know you have Noel, the creator, in the in the in the room, and you know Mary Elizabeth McGlynn was the director, and it's just like a fun positive room full of women um i got to record a little bit with amy uh, and uh, and then with um merit who plays i think frosta and like everybody was just so cool and supportive and um yeah it it was really cool especially because i never get cast as like cute little pink fairy creatures Mm. so uh (laughs) i was like oh all right i get to get to have a little fun here um do you have a favorite role that one's hard i know people are like oh it's it's like uh trying to choose between your children you don't have favorites but i've also heard from some parents that you totally have favorites it just changes (laughs) (laughs) you're just not allowed to say you have favorites um make sure i'm still there on top (laughs) yeah i'm like you can you can i'm sure you can do things to sway the the positioning it's like any other Mm -hmm. competition you know Mm -hmm. do more chores but uh I mean, they all have a special place in my heart because, like, nostalgia-wise, obviously Sailor Jupiter because, like, anytime I'm having a crappy time in life or I'm like, man, this dream I have or that goal seems completely out of reach, I just think of, like, you got Sailor Jupiter. Like, out of all the millions of little girls who watched Sailor Moon growing up, you were in the right place at the right time. You, uh, you know, they, they, I, I heard later that they, they sent the auditions to Japan. Like, they sent, like, their top ten or five picks mm-hmm. of each character to Japan uh, for Na- uh, Naoko, the creator, to listen to. And she made the final decisions. And oh. that was, like, so crazy to be, like... Like, she heard... The creator of the show I loved heard my voice. And out of all the other people was, like, yeah, that's Sailor Jupiter. So I'm, like, if the, the odds of that are so narrow but they happened... I'm I'm just kind of like you know what anything else can happen. Don't never say never. Right. So that, that one has the most like sentimental uh, significance. I think Junko uh, and Ashima in the Danganronpa video games was probably like overall my favorite, just because 
you get to, I got to stretch my range with that one. And, uh, mm. yeah, again, I don't want to give spoilers for anything. It's cause I never know where, uh, where people are and things, but she, she's yeah. a lot of fun. So you've been doing voice acting for like eight or nine years. Yeah. Um, let's see. I moved to, um, I moved to LA in 2010. Like I graduated college in 2010 and then three months later I packed my car and drove to LA. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess 10 years now, but, um, wow. yeah. God, it's 2020 already. <laughs> no, I still have to like, think about it. Like, oh yeah, like 1990 was 40 years ago. No, this is all <laughs> bizarre. Like the, the fact that like, I'm watching the other night, my roommates and I were watching like Spice Girls videos and like oh. Britney Spears and all these things. And we're like, oh my gosh, there are people who were not even born when this yeah. is out. <laughs> it's yeah it's so baffling to me and it's 30 years i'm sorry i'm bad at math but <laughs> but um yeah like there are things too like i'll like watch it and i'm like there are people who were born in 2000 who are 20 now and i'm like how is that how is that possible yeah they, they never they never had to deal with the whole like y2k panic mm-hmm. they never had to deal with um you know vhs tapes or when you had to uh i don't know if you ever did this like on the radio you would like try to record the songs yeah uh, on a cassette tape and you're like oh this is my song but then the dj was talking over the beginning or the end of it and so like it, you, <laughs> that's how like, you used to make mixtapes and now you're just like on apple music like meh, 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 meh. play play whatever song i want at any moment yeah <laughs> like they have spotify now yeah that still baffles me because like i remember um usher's burn i loved that song and i like tried to record it so many times and you always had to like be, be like always ready just hit record <laughs> and catch it at the beginning so you can get the full song and then there's still songs i remember now with those like djs talking and like the specific mixes they did like there are certain songs like i'm like oh this song comes after this song because that's how like the mix i have has it yep Mm-hmm. Oh, I miss that. I mean, like, I don't yeah. miss the te- the the lack of technology. Like, I like having the internet because when I was a kid, you couldn't do projects because you had to actually go to the <laughs> library and like look at an encyclopedia for things. Yeah, but there's something nice about not being reachable all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just like go to dinner and not have to worry about somebody messaging you because you're like they'll they'll leave a message on my voicemail and I'll get to it when I get back home. But for now, I'm out and doing something else. Right. That's one of the things I enjoy about traveling sometimes. One of the few things, like with flights or even like being on like an Amtrak train and you don't really have like good reception. It's like you can kind of like step away for a bit. Yeah, it's 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 weird because sometimes it can be panic inducing if you know that you're expect you're like, oh, gosh, people are probably going to try to get in touch with me and I have no reception. But yeah, if you if I've booked out with my agents, I'm like, yo, I'm on vacation for these two weeks. It's the weirdest feeling. You feel mm-hmm. like you're in another time when you're like, nobody has any. Nobody needs me. Nobody has any uh, anything to ask of me. I can just enjoy my life. This is weird. Right. Yeah. Same. It's, I'm like, oh, I don't. And I, like, I think the same thing. I was kind of like that guilt you feel where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, someone might be trying to reach me. But like, if you don't have reception and you can't do anything about it, it's like, well, there's nothing I can do. Might as well enjoy myself. Deal with exactly like we, you learn to live more in the present when you're not and i'm i realize now how often i check my phone thinking that there's some sort of update and it's like yeah. who cares like, what am i looking for like mm-hmm. what, why am i checking it compulsively it's almost an addiction now yeah sometimes i'll switch around my apps just to see like because oftentimes i'll go to something just like mindlessly 
like Twitter or Instagram. And then if I switch it, I'm like, oh, like I go to this app a lot. <laughs> it's bizarre. Like I've done that too. And it like, it's, it's helpful. Cause you have to like, you have to think about it and then you go, oh, what am I going? I just was on Facebook. Why, why would I open it up a minute later? Like it, it helps. I also put it, uh, put certain things on the last page. Like I have an iPhone. And so it's like, you know, there's like three pages of screens and I'll talk, I'll put the stuff I don't want to access as much on the last page so that it, it's more of a slog to get to Facebook or it's more of a slog to get to the games or whatever I might be compulsively pressing. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good idea too. I might I might try that one. <laughs> I need all the tips. There's a book called Atomic Habits. Uh, I think it's by James Clear and I read it recently and it's really awesome and it talks about that where it's like, you know, make the habit. I mean, it's common sense, but it, it's like make the habits you want to stop doing much harder like make there be so much more resistance and make the habits you want to start doing effortless um you know so like if you're trying to save money make you know try turn on auto investing or uh i don't know like i have uh <laughs> i have an app that i downloaded that i probably shouldn't tell this because then all my friends are gonna think i'm less thoughtful but i have an app <laughs> that schedules text messages and auto sends them later so like i can spend one day put all my friends' birthdays in there, write a birthday message to them to send on that day, and then forget about it. Or uh, if I have a friend that I want to check in with every couple weeks, I'll have it auto-send, uh, like, check-in text. Like, you know, like, or, or to my roommates, I can have a text that sends and says, like, hey, don't forget today's trash day. Right. So, you know, That's just making cool. things easier. So me trying to be a better friend, I like, <laughs> can automate that, which probably is, defeats the purpose, but... I mean, the fact that you thought about that, I think, is thoughtful i guess that's the thing is like i am thinking about them it's just that i'm thinking about them on one day and then letting it go but yeah you're right the thought was there like i want to send my friends personalized birthday messages Mm -hmm. i just get busy and if i'm not on facebook i miss the birthday that day so i just didn't want to miss a birthday again yeah it's being proactive (laughs) i'm sure they'll understand they'll be fine they probably i'll just yeah i'm like giving all my secrets i'm like no no no, I, i remembered i thought about it yeah, totally didn't automate this text. Yeah. Um, so being busy, like, you do a lot of conventions and stuff. Um, how has that been? It's really fun. Um, you know, because when you're... I guess this is similar for a lot of other... Most acting mediums, aside from theater, you don't get, like, an immediate response or feedback to your work. So you don't know if you're affecting people and you don't know if people are enjoying themselves or even watching. So conventions are kind of like a way to be like oh wow like this thing that i did by myself in a booth you know maybe with like a director and an engineer in this dark windowless room Mm -hmm. is touching people Mm -hmm. um and and you know getting to hear people's stories of like yeah you know i watched this episode of 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 this show and um you know when my sister died or something like that and it made me feel closer to her it's just things like that that kind of remind you that it's more than just acting i mean like acting is my life but it also you know sometimes you think like oh i'm not really helping anybody i'm just being selfish like but no like the number of times a movie or a book or some sort of art has helped me you know through depression or whatever like art really can save lives like not you know if you're if you if you got a broken bone go to the doctor but yeah it's just it's just nice to see how like Art can help mend hearts, and conventions are a great way to see that firsthand. And just also see, like, 
families where like we'll have Sailor Moon especially we'll have like a mom dressed up uh as you know like Queen Serenity and then her daughter will be you know like Chibiusa or something like that and they're like yeah I was watching it as a kid and now I'm getting her into it and just seeing people spread the love is really cool have you been able to like fan out yourself like have you seen somebody or met someone at a convention that you're like oh i'm a fan of you like oh my gosh <laughs> people it's... are reacting to you being like i'm a fan of you you know i i become like that girl in high school or middle school or whatever that age is where you like like somebody and so you ignore them <laughs> oh yeah and <laughs> like because <laughs> it's weird because I, I don't like breaking that the fourth wall mm-hmm. so I'll see somebody that I'm just like, oh my god, like, like for example, for me, it's the Boy Meets World cast. Yes. <laughs> I loved them so much growing up, and it yeah. felt like they were my friends, so I, it's weird, because, like, I don't want to talk to them, because if I talk to them, and they're, I'm sure they'll be lovely, but I know that they're not Corey and Topanga. They're, you mm-hmm. know, was it, Dan- Danielle and, and Ben, and I'm sure they're, again, lovely, but I don't want to break that illusion that I grew up with these friends especially because I I, you know I moved around so much they were like my consistent friend group that I had uh so yeah that's the weird thing it's like I've seen them in so many cons in the green room and they're just sitting at a table together and it'd be so easy to go over and say hi but I'm like why let let them be who they are and or or um I I I I, uh it always surprises you who you're gonna freak out about because you'll think it's gonna be like the big a-list actors like jason momoa or whatever and like he's he's very he's very pretty but um (laughs) the people that i actually get like emotional about tend to be people from my childhood so like brendan fraser walked by at a con recently and he like waved at me and i was just like oh my gosh like (laughs) uh but again didn't didn't like go up to talk to him or uh david tennant uh i've (laughs) I've been, like, so close to him so many times and never, like, actually said anything because I'm just like, you're my first doctor. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. Because also there's, a, there's, like, a weird code of uh, of operation where, you know, backstage at the green room at cons, everybody kind of understands, like, don't fan out back here. Like, we're all mm-hmm. trying to just eat lunch and be, you know, they're getting that all day. They're getting people being like, oh, my God, I loved you in this. Like, oh, my God, can you take a photo with me? So it's kind of understood that let them eat in peace and like not be a celebrity for a second and just be a person which they always are but you know mm-hmm. they don't have to be on backstage right that makes sense and i yeah i think it's the same for me because i i've interviewed like celebrities and stuff but i think boy meets world seeing that cast was like the biggest like fan moment like eyes like have stars in them <laughs> yeah i um i didn't get to interview them but i went to um a panel they had at San Diego Comic-Con. Okay, yeah. I think it was San Diego Comic-Con. And that's yeah, so, and that was that's so like... bizarre that like Comic-Con used to be like for comics and now it's like, you know, Boy Meets World reunion. <laughs> right. Like literally anything is just put it at Comic-Con, I don't know. <laughs> it's just pop culture. Like anything works. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anything that'll yeah. draw a crowd. And it did. It had like one of the biggest rooms. It was either it might have been New York Comic-Con. It was one of them. I feel bad that I can't remember. But yeah. That was, yeah, that was probably, like, the biggest, so I'm with you on that. Like, they were my friends, too, like, for an extended period of time. It's almost, like, a sad thing, because it's almost like that kid who's, like, sits in the back of the cafeteria and imagines that they're their friends. Like, that's kind of how I feel, where I'm like, you don't know that you're my best friends, but I do. Right. 
Like we totally hung out. You don't even know. <laughs> like every night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, have you had um what's been your hardest role to play so far? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I I mean sometimes there's I, I find and it might be just like more personal, um like if I work through these issues in my personal life, maybe they won't be as difficult. But I have a hard time playing characters who are considered um, meek or I don't want to say victims, but like the character who kind of just get this passive or gets pushed around by the other characters in a show. Like I, I have a hard time playing those, and maybe that's because in real life, you know, like aspirationally, I play the characters that I want to be, like mm-hmm. these like confident cocky you know like ballsy characters and like I I do have a lot of I have a lot of confidence but I also had a lot of um getting pushed or getting pushed around like by other people's opinions of me or you know like like I got gaslit a lot I had a lot of narcissists in my past so like maybe that's why I have a harder time relating to those characters because I hate that part of myself because it's obviously there you know so that's in (laughs) it's like a deep dive into that question but I also have a hard time with parts. Um, so I'm I'm a uh, mixed race. So my dad's from Louisiana. So we got some black, white, and Native American in there. Mm-hmm. And in uh, voiceover, they're trying to, which is a good thing. They're trying to get more ethnic specific casting, where if a character is something, they would like to try and get an actor who also is that as well. Mm-hmm. The problem is they they forget that um, ethnicity doesn't always mean culture. Right. And so they'll they'll be like, well, you're kind of you know you're kind of black. Play this character, and they'll they're you know I had one time where they were like, can you play like um, we originally envisioned this role would be played by Queen Latifah. Oh wow! And I was like, and you hired <laughs> me like, yeah, you know like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just interesting. Like so those roles can be hard because like they want me to to put on something. Because first of all, I'm like, that's not like, you know, they're like, can you sound a little, and they won't say blacker, but they'll say like, and they don't say urban anymore. They've learned that that's not okay. But they'll say, I had one guy who was like, can you, can you be a little sassier? You know, can you like shoot from the hip? You know what I'm saying? Sister girl. And it was uh, so offensive. I was just like, um, uh, it was like an 80 year old white dude. I'm like, I mean, look, I know that I sound like as urban as like, I don't know, a pumpkin spice latte, but I'm pretty sure you also aren't the one to teach me how to do it either. <laughs> yeah it's so cringy (laughs) it was so cringy so those roles are hard because i'm like you know there's people who actually could do this with integrity whereas for me it's like almost guessing as well i feel like it it feels like i don't know i guess it can't be cultural appropriation if i'm part of that but i i don't know maybe maybe it is like it feels like i'm putting on an idea of somebody and i don't feel comfortable with, with that so that's another scenario that's a little harder for me like an authenticity type of yeah, you know, because I have friends who actually, you know, it was interesting because with acting, like, I have a friend who, like, plays, uh, uh he's on, uh, In the Dark, he's, uh, he plays Darnell, and his character's, like, you know, uh, 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 a, a thug with a heart of gold, but the funny thing is, Keston himself, he's, like, he had to learn how to do that because his mother's Haitian, like, his family's from Florida, so it's just funny that, like, it you know the the, the the industry wants you to be a certain thing like their idea of a certain group of people but uh you know like he had to learn how to be that because that wasn't part of his culture i, I don't know sorry i'm probably just going into weird no. territory now but uh i too am haitian and from florida so just 
oh what yeah that's so funny yeah like his uh so he could do you know like like island stuff with uh, with authenticity because he's like always mimicking his mom and you know but you know he's like i had to learn how to be urban because he is the if you ever hear him talk he's just like he's always got a big grin on his face and he's kind of i don't know if nerdy is the right word but he's just like a big goofball nerd mm-hmm. um so it's just weird to see him play roles where he's like you know holding a gun sideways and doing all that stuff that hollywood thinks is you know they're like yes this is this is what this 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 demographic acts like right yeah that's how it is yeah (laughs) um so about so you're talking about ghosts and stuff right um how did that come about because i I love the description it's like parks and rec meets ghostbusters because i love both of those things yeah i love parks and rec a lot it's one of the few shows i've rewatched multiple times and still like holds its value every time and I guess it's because, like, you know, some shows you watch because it's, like, the, you're watching it for the plot. Or, like, oh, the the twist ending. But once you know it, there's no rewatch value because, you know, you know what the you know what the plot is. Whereas Parks and Rec was one of those shows where it was about the relationships. Mm-hmm. So it has so much rewatchability because you love the people and you would see them do anything. Like, you'll watch them go camping. You'll watch them try to open a nightclub like it doesn't really matter what their job is it's the people and the way they interact with each other that was fascinating so I wanted to do a show like that that basically you know was yeah you know they have a job and they're ghost hunters but like the ghost hunting was going to be secondary so it's like the ghost the ghost hunting would be a way to facilitate the storylines between the characters Mm -hmm. you know like there's an episode where uh, one of the characters' uncle died, and uh, it's Dia de los Muertos, and and that character like he they go home to his his family, and uh, they're like he's really depressed because his his tío's gone, and so the others like try to pretend to uh, they they try to pr- pretend like one of the characters is possessed by his tío to like give him closure and say goodbye. Um, so it's like <laughs> it's less about the ghost and more about like what these people are willing to do for their friends. So yeah, and I also just loved like watching ghost hunting shows growing up. Even even though I'm pretty sure half the time they were just like, "What? What was that?" and there was like nothing there. Right. But I loved the fact that they would do a whole hour long investigation, and then at the end they'd sit down with the owner and be like, "Yeah, yeah, your place is super haunted." But they wouldn't actually like get rid of the ghost. They'd just be like, "All right, have fun." <laughs> so let you know. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, just FYI. So in the in the um. In the first episode, you kind of have an homage to that, where he's just like, what are you going to do about it? It's like, we're not the freaking Ghostbusters, like, no good luck. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that was, that's kind of how that came about, and I filmed it with a couple friends. Um, there's a bunch of voice actor friends in it, and I kind of got halfway through the show, and then I ran out of money, because I was making it myself, and I did not understand that this stuff costs a lot of money to pay your crew, and uh you know feed people and get costumes and rent equipment so i kind of i have more i have the next six episodes of the season planned but i don't know if we'll be able to do it without the money and it's also been four years so we're all probably a little bit fatter now (laughs) wow yeah that that might be hard i mean they did um what was it like wet hot american summer (laughs) <laughs> that's that's true and it's supposed to be a prequel to the previous thing right, right. they're older and like 
And it's the prequel, yeah. So, I mean, anything is possible. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, we could do a, yeah. Or we could do a time jump, like Parks and Rec, where they jump forward, like, what, seven years or something? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, because it's fun. But now I live in Atlanta. KG still lives in L.A. Emily and Jonathan live in uh, Portland. So it's like we'd have to reassemble the troops, and that might be a little expensive. But it, I, I just want to do it. I want to do it so much because I have like a musical episode planned. I got all sorts of fun stuff in my head. That sounds super fun. Do you have any advice for people who want to create a web series or to get into voice acting? So, yes. Uh, Voice acting. uh, Let's see. Uh, Web series first. I was a little too ambitious with my first project. I think when you're starting out, you should do something easier like something that's you know maybe takes place in like one location or a location that you know you can get so if you have a family member who runs a restaurant great you can set it in a restaurant but if you don't have somebody who runs a restaurant you'd probably have to rent out the restaurant and that's going to cost you money and you know um try to keep your costs low on the first one because i put probably like eight thousand bucks into it and like you're not going to get your money back odds are most likely you should do it for fun, but don't do it as an investment strategy of being like, yeah, I'm going to make this web series and then HBO will pick it up because that could happen, but odds are it won't. Um, so just, I'm trying to think of what else. Keep your costs low. Um, yeah. And you're going to make mistakes. Like there's going to be a learning curve. Even if you think you're doing everything perfect on the day of something might happen or it might rain or there's going to be things that get in your way. So if you invested, you know, $100,000 into something, that's probably going to uh, stress you out a lot more if things go wrong than if you, you know, are just filming something with your friend and it's a little lower stakes and good good, uh, good things happen when you take mistakes and just be like, all right, well, let's get creative. How can we turn this into something cool? We had an episode of Ghosts and Stuff where we could not find an elderly uh, Latina woman to play, to play his abuela, like we just could not find her for some reason i guess in la there's like maybe three working latina actresses of that age and they all are successful so they're not going to do a web series for nothing so <laughs> it was hard to find one and so we eventually had my friend sam put on a wig and uh we had a voice actress who speaks spanish play the voice of her and then we just blurred out sam's face and like and and made it part of the show that like abuela you know, like, didn't, she's, she's like, I don't want to be on camera. Don't, you know, don't show me on camera. So like, we it kind of was made it funnier to have just like random lady walking around with a blurred face. So, <laughs> so yeah, being creative with when mistakes and, and things don't go your way. Um, and have a strategy for how you're going to market it. Cause I kind of just put it online thinking if you build it, they will come. And that is not the case. Like a lot of successful web series tended to have publicists. Like the, if you're going to put money anywhere, you know, put some in the, put, put money in like the sound guy and your DP and then put the rest into a publicist and marketing. So, you know, make a good product and then get it out there because a good product is not always just something people aren't just going to discover it. Nobody's sitting and looking and just going to go, Oh, what web series should I watch today? Like, you know, they just don't do that. So yeah, so that's web series or, or, or just like creative, creating your own content and then voice acting. I always recommend being an actor first because people don't seem to understand that voice acting is acting. Um, it's in the name. Right. 
And it's actually harder, I think, to voice act than a lot of the other acting mediums because if I'm doing a play, I have usually I have costumes or I'll have set or, uh, uh, to climb on or I'll have, uh, you know, music or other actors, you know, to play off of. So, you know, same with on set, you know, like on a, on a movie set, unless you're doing green screen. So I would say voiceover is like the equivalent of seeing that actor who's by themselves on a set and pretending that they're talking to a million people with a green screen. Like that's the equivalent. You have to put all the, the entire burden of the imagination is on you when you're a voice actor or, you know, green screen on camera actor. So you have to flex your imagination muscles and acting classes are probably one of the best ways to do that. Um, cause acting is basically just saying, what if like, you know, yeah, what if I was a 13 year old, boy who's the son of the Hokage or what if I was a dragon with you know a speech impediment or you know you have to be willing to suspend your disbelief and play anything um and 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 be like yep I'm totally running up a volcano and then jumping in and then getting spat back out and you you, you have to be able to do all that with just your 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 voice so theater classes I think are probably the best because they teach you not only how to act um, and do that what if, you know, and flex your imagination muscles, but they also have move movement classes. Because um, I'm very physical in the booth. Like when you're, if, if I'm in a scene and I'm supposed to be running and jumping, like I'm actually pretty much doing that. Or learning how your instrument changes if you hunch your shoulders or if you stick out your pelvis or like whatever, like wherever the character lives. Uh, with Boruto, I find that he's, I'll, I'll like end up with my leg on a chair, like Captain Morgan. Like I'll be standing and kind of put, put my, my one leg up. Cause it's like, puts me in a position to feel more like, yeah, I'm the, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the cock of the walk or whatever that phrase is. So, and then they also have voice classes when you're doing a theater degree or, or, or theater training, which are so helpful. They teach you how to really hone your instrument and be able to place your voice in different places or singing classes, singing classes kind of achieve a similar thing and you learn breath control and how to protect your voice when you're screaming or, or, or doing in video games or whatever. So once you've got the, like the training, um, I recommend taking voiceover specific classes because then those will teach you mic technique. Uh, they'll teach you how to, um, you know, what to do when you're in the booth and what not to do, but they'll also teach you how to do different reads for different mediums, like commercial voiceover versus animation versus video games, you know, and even the differences between commercial, you know, radio commercial versus TV versus, you know, different brands. Like you learn how to be able to be a chameleon. Uh, and then you'll make a demo after that. Once you've kind of figured out what you're best at and what your, what your, what your selling points are as an actor. Like if you've got like a quirky voice or if you've got a a voice that's very authoritative, or if you've got a sexy voice, you know, you can sell luxury cars and perfumes and stuff, you know, like you make the demo reel. It's a minute long. Um, that I recommend taking your time with and splurging on because people have long memories. So do a demo reel with like a professional who can like produce it for you and make it sound like it's real stuff. Like it should sound like it's pulled from real spots you've done, even though people know that you're starting out, it's just understood. Uh, and then you submit to agents, uh, and casting people, uh, and then the agents, ideally an agent would, would sign you. And then the, that's kind of where it takes off from there because the agent will get you access to bigger and better jobs, you know, bigger video games, bigger 
commercials and then you just kind of audition and audition and until you start booking and people start knowing who you are. And even then, I think Yuri Lowenthal, who works all the time, said that he might audition 300 and something times in a year and maybe book 11. So be prepared that it's... People think we make millions and that's odd. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, we all still have student loans and credit card debt. We're like middle class working people. So, you know, be prepared to also have another job or another source of income while you're trying to get established. And yeah, take it as it comes. That was a very long winded answer, but hopefully it answered it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, I don't know if this next question would kind of fall into that but um so at the end of sarah moon you know there is she had a sarah moon says phrase and she would kind of give some advice about like life in general so if you can do like amanda miller says or i mean <laughs> or what <laughs> okay. would it be so this one actually doesn't have to do with voice acting it's more like a lesson i've learned about <laughs> about like dating oh that's great yeah uh let me see i'm trying to Find the the as concise way to phrase it. Uh, I guess <laughs> Sailor Jupiter says, uh, "Dating isn't like HGTV shows. Don't go for a fixer upper." That's my that's my advice because I've learned like, oh, you should just date somebody and take them as is because most people don't change. Mm-hmm. So you know if you're like, well. he's great but he's an alcoholic which is what my last guy was it's like hey maybe wait until he you know maybe if he gets sober great but like don't don't bank on that you know or don't you know don't be like well he's great but he doesn't text me back and he doesn't really want to be exclusive but i can make him love me like nope (laughs) no you cannot like yeah just you know like don't don't be like well you know like when these people they walk into a house and they're like well i want to knock down all these walls and redo it's like no if you got to rebuild the foundation of this person that you're looking at they're not for you like the right person for you they may not be perfect but they'll be move-in ready as i'm (laughs) using this analogy of hgtv like they'll be like yeah i can live with that like yeah maybe there might be need to be a little new paint maybe they need to learn to put the toilet seat down but for the most part you know, they, they, I love them as they are and not trying to change them or make them love you. This is going to be super not as great, but I would also add that to clothes (laughs) because there's so many times I'll shop for something and I'll find like a shirt. I'm like, oh, this would be really cute if I wear it with a specific outfit (laughs) or like, oh, if I cut off this one part or if I do this one thing to it and it's like, you're going to spend money on these outfit that you're gonna have to alter like just don't get yeah i had to i do that all the time where i'm like oh my well i stopped doing it because i started like marie condoing my life where i'm just yeah. like does this bring joy as it is mm-hmm. no you know versus being like well if i just like you said I, oh well you know if i hem this here and maybe <laughs> you know take it in here it's like do i know how to do that no then i'm not gonna do it and then it's not gonna bring me joy so don't do it it's just like <laughs> you know Men, clothes, and houses do not. <laughs> yeah, like, like, you know, be be willing to be surprised in your search for men, clothes, or ho- or housing. You know, where you're like, oh, you know, I thought I wanted this, but I actually kind of like this little weird nook over here, or this veranda, yeah. or the quirkiness of this old house, or something. But like, yeah, if you got to be like, well, 
I wanted a beachfront property, but I can't find it, and I have a scarcity mentality, so I'm just willing to settle for this little shack on the side of the road. Like, don't don't do it. You're not going to be able to fix it up into a beach house, so nope. it's not going to make you happy. Yeah. Beach will not automatically appear next to your yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no matter how hard you try, the odds are the beach won't automatically appear, and if it did, it's probably because the world's ending and the streets are flooding um, in a river of blood. Yeah. That got really dark very quickly. Yeah, no. Then you have other issues to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Then you know, yeah, your your pro your property tax and your you know beachfront property are like the last thing you're gonna worry about. Yeah, you just start preparing for the apocalypse. <laughs> Ugh, I'm so behind. I, I haven't. I, I gotta make my tinfoil hats, or is that more like aliens? I don't know if that's apocalypse. Oh, you know, it might happen at the same time the way that things are going. Honestly, I saw I saw a post this morning that was like. Uh, when aliens drive by Earth, they lock their car doors or something like that. <laughs> like, like we're the bad neighborhood or something. I believe it. Cause... Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, got. I've seen another one where it's like the Earth is like, oh, I got humans. <laughs> like, please. Yeah, pretty much. It's like the yeah. way we're what we're doing to it. Like, yeah, I feel so anxious even when I throw away like a piece of plastic. Where I'm like, well. I, I know that I could recycle this in California, but here in Georgia, they don't recycle this particular type of plastic, but this is probably going to live in the earth forever, and it's going to be my fault, and the earth's going to remember, like, Amanda, why did you do this to me? And I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, earth, I didn't know. Right. Yeah, I try to recycle, and then I figured out that you have to soak the labels off, or else it, like, takes more work for them to actually recycle it, and I'm just like, is there nothing I can do? The labels? Ugh. I'm like, I've never done sorry. that. <laughs> I did. I know that you have to clean out, you know, like if there's anything sticky or whatever, like you have to clean yeah, out yeah. the the crap. And then also that bottle tops tend to be stuff that you just have to throw away. But the bottles themselves you can usually recycle. But apparently not if I leave the label on. And if it's soiled, like if it's like a piece of like a, you know, pizza box, you can't recycle some uh, paper that's been soiled. I didn't know that. Well, there goes all my pizza boxes. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe they, maybe they could. But I've I heard that like if it's been soiled with food, just throw it away. Yeah, that makes sense. I think. Yeah, I'm sure it's like the sticker residue of the bottles. Like they just, just more work for them. But hopefully, hopefully we'll figure this earth thing out. <laughs> we're we're adulting. We're like trying to adult with yeah. the earth. We're like, Ugh, I gotta get my earth together. Right, <laughs> basically. So time while we do that um what's next for you and where can people find you oh let's see what's next i'm well i'm doing the the, the tv and film thing in georgia or i'm trying to so like i just auditioned for like a, a series regular on a cw show so that that would be cool um awesome. yeah who knows there's a million people that audition for these things but hey, so hopefully I, tv I, and I, film I, would be on the docket yeah but um right now i'm writing a couple projects i have a feature um i'm writing a feature that's going to be a, a louisiana creole because that's where my family's from or my dad's from like a horror short that takes place in like the late 1700s oh nice um and yeah it's gonna it's like a supernatural horror thing it's gonna be real cool but i don't know how to how to describe it outside of that but um yeah, and I'm working on a, writing a couple of TV pilots, so we'll see if those actually can go anywhere. Uh, but yeah, oh, I have a sketch coming out soon. Um, it's, uh, 
I haven't labeled it yet, though, but it's basically like a fake dating service for people who live in L.A. but aren't Hollywood hot. <laughs> and so it's basically like, uh, it's like, you know, do you have a hard time dating in L.A.? You know, are you a regular looking human being? And like, well, we can help. And basically they bus under, we call it underprivileged L.A. singles to other cities to find love. Um, and it's based on my experiences where like in L.A. could not get a date to save my life. But then I'd go to, like, Atlanta, or I'd go to London, or I'd go to literally any other city, and, like, guys would be interested in me there. So I'm just like, man, I'm like a Tallahassee 10, but an LA 3.5. <laughs> so the, the sketch will be about that. So that'll come out on my YouTube and on my Instagram and Facebook and all the social medias, which I guess I should share, shouldn't I? Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Facebook and Instagram, it's at Amanda Celine Miller, and Celine's my middle name, so C-E-L-I-N-E. Um, and then, uh, on Twitter, it's Amanda underscore Celine, because Amanda Celine Miller is one character too long for the Twitter username. <laughs> so, oh, YouTube, I think it's Amanda Celine Miller comedy. And I'm sure I have other ones that I probably have not updated. I think I have a Tumblr, which probably is also Amanda Celine Miller. And, uh, yeah, come find me there. I'm try. I think I'm more active on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. But, uh, yeah, come say hi. And also, I feel like if the creator of Sarah Moon was like, you are the chosen one for the voice of my series, I would just, like, have the biggest ego about everything. <laughs> You're like, a million people tried out for CW. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get this. Creator of Sarah Moon said I'm good. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. I think it's good to have that attitude because I really do think that what you put out there comes back to you. So if you're like, you know what? I believe this is possible. It's almost like everybody else is like, well, if they believe it's possible, I guess I guess it is. Because like, mm -hmm. I have no t like for TV, I have no co-star credits, which are like the little tiny credits you use to build up to get bigger and bigger parts. Yet I've auditioned for two series regulars in the past six months. Like I don't know why. To me, it's you know usually you can't audition for series regulars until you have a bunch of roles. Uh, for TV and film under your belt, but I just happened to be the right, like, in the right, you know, whatever they were looking for, and, you know, didn't, I might not necessarily book them, but just being considered, so you're right, it's like, you know, if I can do that, anything's possible. Right. You know, believe in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> believe in yourself, and don't, don't, don't date the little shack man. Yes. Date your beachfront property, hold out for that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you again for being on the show. This was really fun. <laughs> My rambling didn't uh, didn't bore you. <laughs> no, it was perfect. Perfect amount of rambles. Perfect amount of talk. <laughs>